Good morning, everyone. Welcome back to the Chalk Talk Podcast with your host, Doug Farrar. Once again, back with our good friend Greg Cosell of NFL Films and ESPN's NFL Matchup. Another draft podcast, and Greg, we're moving on to linebackers, uh, getting through the defense, and we've got less than two weeks before the NFL draft. Are we ready for this? Wow. That's, uh, well, you know how it goes. When I watch all these guys on film, it just, I never feel like I finish. All that happens is the draft comes. Yes. Uh, speaking of finishing, let's get the uh, business stuff out of the way. The Chalk Talk podcast is sponsored by WalterFootball.com. Uh, for more draft information, including NFL mock drafts, updated weekly, draft stock reports, fantasy football rankings, NFL picks, and much more, check out WalterFootball.com. And Liskow Consulting, a patron of the football arts. Uh, Mr. Cosell, you are also a patron of the football arts, and when we're talking about linebackers, we're going to kind of split this in two here and start with the pass rushers, the outside guys, and I think the consensus, number one, we, we discussed some of these edge rushers with defensive ends, and you know you can split them however you want, but Dante Fowler Jr. from Florida, um, I think this is a guy who both benefited from and was obscured by the fact that they lined him up everywhere. And I think he benefited from it in that he got to some gaps that he wouldn't have outside. But he's 6'3", 261. You know, you, you watch him taking on a combo block with a guard in the center, and he just gets obliterated, and you're thinking, well, who the hell put him there? So I guess my first question to you about Fowler is I see him – as a pure three-four edge rusher who is big and strong and flashes enough speed and power to be a Leo end in some four-three or four-two-five fronts, but do you see him as more a one-positional guy, or do you think he? I mean, I can see him stunning inside a little bit, but to me, you put him outside and you just let him roll. Well, I think he's a pass rusher now. Can be used in a three-four clearly, or in a four-three, and then in a four-three, it depends on alignment and, and utilization. He's not a player I would want lining up inside of a, let's say, a tight end and an, and a, uh, you know, uh, in a gap between a tight end and an offensive tackle. I, I think you hit it right on the head. Um, he doesn't at this point in time. He's not a guy I want sort of playing at the point. So he's a pass rusher. Now, I think he's really, really a good pass rusher. He is, I mean, he's an outstanding combination of explosive athletic traits and really competitive football temperament. Yeah. Uh, and, and the more I watched him, the more I liked him. Uh, I think that he's a top five player, top five prospect in this draft without question. And I think that he's got a ton of explosive traits to work with. He's got a chance to be a high-level NFL pass rusher. Uh, I could make a, a comparison. Now, remember, he's a prospect. They're all prospects. But I could make a comparison that he could become uh, either one of these two types of players, a Clay Matthews type of player or a Justin Houston type of player. I like the Houston comparison a lot. Um, do you think he – because Terrell Suggs has been – used at you know a lot as an end do you think he could build up the kind of strength that Suggs has to do that or what I mean the Houston comparison I kind of went with Suggs because of I I like the potential for strength plus the pass rush um do you do you think he could be that kind of guy too well at, at this point and again now you're dealing with what a guy can become but at this point he's more explosive than Suggs and nowhere near as strong as Suggs yeah 
at this point. Now, again, he's going to get into an NFL weight room, and that changes everything. Uh, but this kid's really, he's got lighter feet than Suggs. You know, Suggs, even when he came out of Arizona State, uh, and Suggs has had arguably a Hall of Fame career, and he's a great, great football player. But Suggs, I would never have described him as, you know, as twitchy as this kid. This kid is twitchy. And, of course, in the draft parlance, twitchy is actually good, which usually in life isn't. So there you go. Right, 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 right. Uh, but I, 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 the more I like Fowler, I mean, the more I've watched Fowler, the more I liked him. Um, the first game I watched, and I forget which one that was because I probably watched five or six games, he ended up playing a lot of defensive end, and I was really disappointed in his inability to play the point of attack effectively. And then the more and more I watched him, and they line up as a rusher and even moved him around as a joker, lining him up inside, which I think he could do in the NFL. Obviously, Clay Matthews does that as well. Um, He's a pass rusher at this point, Fowler, but he's really an explosive kid. And I think this is another guy who, you know, we we talked about this at length in last week's podcast, the, you know, the lack of overall hand moves, inside counters. I mean, he's got some of that, but if you give him a full array, um, the more I think about that Justin Houston comparison, I think he could be that guy. Yep. I mean, to me, to me, before we move on, I think he fits perfectly for Tennessee at number two. I mean, I think they play a 3-4 defense with with Ray Horton and that Dick LeBeau being there. I think he fits perfectly for what they need. Well, let me give you a hypothetical. Bucks take Jameis Winston at one. You're there at two. You've got Leonard Williams and Dante Fowler on your board. Who do you take? Dante Fowler. Why so? Why, why him over Williams? I think he's a better prospect. That's a good reason. I would. I, would kind of <laughs> I think he's a better prospect. I think he ultimately. Uh, I, I think his particular skill as a as a potentially big time NFL pass rusher is a is a skill that you need. Any defense needs it, but it's certainly the foundation of a three four with outside linebacker. That's the first skill you look for in a three four outside linebacker is the ability to rush the quarterback. Without question. Um, Our second linebacker is Vic Beasley from Clemson. And the two things that stand out to me about Clemson's defense overall, we we discussed Grady Jarrett, who I think we both like a lot. Um, This defense was ranked the best in the nation by the metrics of football outsiders, which adjust for opponent and situation. And it's a very, that's a very multiple front. They do a lot with their front four, with their front seven. It's, you know, it's not a static defense. And I, I just wrote up Beasley for SI64 this week, and I think maybe, I don't know, does he have in your mind the quickest, the, the most explosive first step of any pass rusher in this draft class? Because the more I watched him, the more that was the most, um, well, I'll, I'll throw some of my scouting notes in there. Whether in a three- or four-point stance or with his hand on the ground, he moves quickly and violently into the pocket with tremendous acceleration. He has an impressive bull rush for his size, knows how to use leverage to push blockers back on their heels, stacks and sh- sheds decisively against the run, and moves to tackle with form and authority. When he moves on the tackle's outside shoulder, especially as a pure outside linebacker in a 3-4 front, he's very tough to stop once he gets past the tackle's first move. And the, the most impressive thing to me was he gets even quicker when he turns the edge to get to the quarterback. 
Yeah, to me, he was a player that needed space to operate most effectively. Yes. He's not a point-of-attack player, in my opinion. The more room he has off the ball, the more he can utilize his quickness and speed. Um, he clearly showed the, the ability to bend the edge, to get his, you know, to he showed shoulder reduction you look for to get low. Um, he has explosive closing speed, no question. Um, I think, to me, he's a guy that needs some work uh, as far as... Uh, an array of moves. I mean, occasionally he showed a spin move and he was very quick. Um, but he's very, very explosive. But I think at this point, and this can be taught, so this is, again, you draft a lot of these guys as prospects for what they can become. I saw him right now as primarily an outside edge guy uh, and really potentially very, very good at that. The explosive traits are there on film. Uh, I think for the people that really, really like him, you might see a Von Miller type player down the road. Um, I'm not sure I would play Beasley though as a three, four strong side linebacker. I think Beasley to me is much more of an on the ball pass rusher. Yeah, that's what I don't think he's an off the ball player. Right, and that's where the Von Miller comparison falls short. But you go back to Miller's when he when Miller came out as a draft prospect. How much strength has he gained since he came into the NFL? Um. I remember Miller, and I could be wrong, and I'm sure if I'm wrong, somebody will, will tweet me, and it would be appreciated if I'm wrong. But I, I remember Miller playing in more spots than Beasley in college, lining up in some different alignments. Uh, Beasley is, is, to me, an edge guy. And uh, like I said, I don't see him. I would not draft Beasley and say he's a 4-3 Sam. I, I think Beasley, to me, is a 3-4 outside backer who obviously then could put his hand on the ground in a sub package. But he's an edge player to me. And I know he gained weight for the combine. And and uh, we'll see if he, if he can keep that weight on or not. Because when you watched him on film, I don't know, he looked like a running back. Yeah, well, uh, some of the weaknesses I pointed out, like many of the pass rushers in this draft class, Beasley lacks the full array of hand moves and counters that would aid his speed. As a result, he gets caught up in blocks against he, unless he has an obvious free gap. And he had, I guess what I would call an embryonic inside counter, but too often, this is one of the things that just confused me when I saw it, he would start the inside counter and then move back into the blocker. He cannot handle double teams at all. If he's not in space, he's out of the play. I mean, oh, and that was my point. He needs space to operate. He's a quickness, speed, explosion guy. Uh, that's what he is. Now, if he can stay at 245, maybe his game changes a little bit for the, for the better. But w- when you watch it in college, he looks like a running back playing linebacker. I mean, I, for instance, the point that he looked very small on tape compared to Shane Ray. Yeah. You know, Shane Ray was 245 and looked bigger. Vic Beasley was, two, I guess, in his high 220s when he played, and he looked like a running back. Well, I think that's um, – sorry for all the coughing listeners. I'm just getting over a cold. I'll try and keep it to a minimum. But I think we, when we look at players and they look bigger, I think that has to do with a bull rush. It has to do with heavy hands. You just look more physically dominant, ergo you look bigger. I mean, I've seen – we've both seen this. We, you know, if we watch a lot of tape, you see two guys who are 6'3", 240, and one just looks bigger because he's right. more physically powerful. And I think that's where Beasley loses in the equation. Yeah, and, and again, he has a skill that is at a premium in the league, which is rushing the quarterback. He's, he's a quick twitch guy with explosive movement, and he can reduce that shoulder and bend the edge. And 
he'll be taught more moves. We'll see how all that plays out. But he has explosive movement, Doug. Uh, our third linebacker, not so much a pass rusher, but speaking of running backs who play linebacker, Shaq Thompson from Washington. Um, <coughs> played mostly outside linebacker, did some half-field stuff, played running back a bit uh, very productively for Washington last year. Some people want to move him to safety. I don't see him that way, although I was at Washington's Pro Day and he did do uh, defensive back drills and looked really good. He's insistent that he is an outside linebacker. And the comparison I would make here, and I think he's coming into the NFL at exactly the right time because more teams are playing nickel and dime. They need these full field or half field linebackers who can do everything from fill the hole, <coughs> excuse me, decently enough to um, a little bit of blitz and then to go into coverage. And the pro comparison I would make here potentially is DeAndre Levy of the Lions. And I think if you put him at a will position and you have him be that half-field defender, everything from run fits to curl flat responsibility, I think you've got a hell of a player. But I think you keep him where he is. Well, I think he's a better athlete than Levy. I, I think he has higher-level athletic traits that you can't coach. Uh I think he's a linebacker, too. That's, you know, again, I saw him play a little bit of safety. He didn't play it a ton. I remember against Stanford he played a good amount of safety. But he he did not play it every game. Uh, I mean, he, he has outstanding play speed. That's the strength of his game. I mean, he stands out. He, he looks faster than other people on the field. Uh, he's clearly he's a run-and-chase linebacker. I mean, this guy just glides. Uh, so, you know, again, if you're trying to – you made a great point. There's more sub-package defenses. Teams might play that 55-60% of their snaps. But I think if you're starting and trying to put him in a base defense, to me he's a 4-3 will who, who is stacked and protected. That's what he is if you're just putting him in a base defense. I would agree with that. I, I think, and one of the reasons he looks fast, besides the fact that he's fast, is... <laughs> well, usually fast guys run fast and slow guys run slow. Did you know that? I, I, I've, heard, I've heard that before. Um, and then when the fast guy runs slow or the slow guy runs fast, then you have to go back to the tape. I think I've heard that too. Um, Trademark Mike Mayock every year. Uh, but I think one of the things that makes him look faster than he actually is, and we've seen this with a lot of defensive players, is, is play recognition. He understands the angles to the ball. You know, this is a guy who obviously does his homework. He knows – and you see a lot of fast players, especially – younger players who are just out of position because they don't know how to handle their speed mentally. Right. And I think Shaq Thompson is a guy who's got that under control. Well, he's just a guy, like I said, you know, you love the athleticism. Um, you know, I think that I wouldn't call him a physical player, but he, he doesn't necessarily shy away from it. But there were times he did avoid contact when there are a lot of bodies in the box. Yeah. Uh, but, I think you see that with a lot of guys. I, you know, to me, that's not the kind of thing where you say, "Oh my God, he can't play." You'd like to see him probably be a little more physical, but there's just not a lot of guys with his athletic movement. Well, and this is really the new wave of linebacker, isn't it? It's the you know the 220 well, to 240 pound guy, and yes and no. I mean, it's funny you say that. We've discussed this with other positions, and particularly with quarterback. Uh, 
you know, I think the college game is putting out more of these guys because of more spreads in college. It'll be very interesting to see where the NFL game goes uh, because the issue with all these spreads in, court, uh, in college is that the quarterbacks are not NFL-type quarterbacks. So is the NFL going to stay with a spread game, which makes the Shaq Thompson kind of player uh, a lot more important? Or is the NFL going to retrench because everything is cyclical? Because I've talked to a couple of coaches, and I know I've told this to you, who said, you know, with these quarterbacks coming out, I'm not dropping these guys back 35 times in a game. So the question is, what becomes the nature of NFL run games? Do NFL run games end up being at a shotgun three wide? Do NFL run games sort of go back to the the past a little bit and become a little more quarterback under center, too tight end, you know, whatever, whatever it may be. We don't know where that's going, but maybe it's more three wide. And then the Shaq Thompsons of the world are absolute necessities in the game. Well, Trend-wise and statistically, there are a few things we know. We know that shotgun snaps have increased exponentially over the last, say, five years. We know that three-wide formations have increased exponentially over the last five years. And we know that if you go back, like, say, over the last ten years, that first five-year span and then the second five-year span, which takes us up to today, I would bet that the average linebacker taken, um, say, from... 2005 to 2010 was probably 5 to 10 pounds heavier than the guys who have been taken since. <clears throat> and you have more Luke Keekleys and Levante Davids and things like that, and they're being utilized and deployed in different ways. Right. So it's going to be real fascinating where the, where the NFL game goes. We know where the college game is, but the games are different. And I think we'll see. But but I think Shaq Thompson, uh, that kind of athletic ability, if channeled and harnessed, fits anything. Uh, fourth linebacker in my rankings, Eli Harold from Virginia. And, I mean, very productive, 29.5 tackles for loss, 15.5 sacks over the last two seasons. Um, quick first step, can run the, rush the passer from the defensive end and outside linebacker positions. Has a pretty good bull rush for 6'3", 247. Uh, does have a good motor, but... Boy, out of all the pass rushers, I just he he engages a lot when he should be disrupting, um, and I think he got a little too high in his stance. And there were times where he just disappeared. What are your overall thoughts on Harold? Because I'm just I'm not convinced yet. I would agree with you. Uh, to me, and and I kept watching more and more games with Eli Harold because he's got he's got body beautiful. He looks the part. Um, I thought he looked a little stiff as a pass rusher. I I didn't see the desirable body flexibility that you'd like to see from an edge rusher. I think he, at this point in time, he profiles more as a power player than a quickness flexibility player. You know, I wouldn't call him a quick twitch kid. I'll give you a, a comparison. I don't think, to me, and you may disagree, I don't think that he's as strong a prospect as a pass rusher as Jerry Itachu coming out of Georgia Tech last year. I don't know how you feel about that. I didn't see him that way. Um, uh, to me, you know who he reminded me of as, a, as an NFL comparison? And the player I'm about to mention is a solid NFL player. I don't think anybody sees this guy as an all-pro, but I think he's a solid 3-4 outside linebacker. He reminded me of Eric Walden of the Colts. Okay. Um, I wrote him up for the SI 300. My comp was Chad Greenway. But. Uh, See, I would respectfully disagree with you, Mr. Farrar, okay. but that's okay. Why so? 
Oh, I think I don't think uh, Harold at all is a stacked player. Greenway is, is a stacked runner, mover, really good athlete. I don't think Harold is that level of athlete at all. I don't think he's a stacked linebacker in the end. I mean, unless you're making him a 4-3 Sam, in which case he plays stacked on occasion. But I don't think he's a stacked linebacker in the NFL. Well, I don't think he's a pure pass rusher either. I don't either. So I, I struggle with him exactly as to what he is. Yeah. Um, a few of my notes. Could stand to be quick rushed off the edge, an attribute that may hold him back at the next level. And he wants to bulk up from 247 to 255, so maybe even more of the speed goes away. Played the inside as a weak side in at times and had real trouble with double teams from a strength perspective. So, you know, takes See, I think. Over- Tend to overrun plays against the run, and uh, you know that I don't, I don't, I wouldn't say he's a tweener, but I just don't know where he where he best fits. See, I think to me to be a pass rusher in the league, he's going to have to master speed to power. Uh-huh. I don't think he's a flexibility type pass rusher. I don't think he's a shoulder reduction, bend the edge pass rusher. Um, I don't think you can teach that. I don't think he's going to become that guy. So I think he's going to be, need to become a speed-to-power pass rusher. But I don't see him as, as a stacked runner. Chad Greenway is a really athletic kid. Uh-huh. I don't think that Harold has that kind of athleticism. Interesting. Uh, number five pass rusher, Haoli Kikaha from Washington. Uh, led the NCAA in sacks last season with 19, totaled 32 sacks and 40.5 tackles for loss over the last two seasons. Which is not bad for a guy whose first two seasons with the Huskies were sh- cut short by knee injuries. Um, the injury concerns have him dropping in the draft. There's the perception that he's a single-direction player. He looked pretty good in linebacker drills at Washington's Pro Day. <coughs> I don't think he's going to come out and look like Lamar Woodley right off the bat or anything, but where do you sort of place him uh, schematically in the NFL? He's a 3-4 outside back. He kind of reminded me of Jarvis Jones coming out of Georgia. Okay. Uh, not sudden and naturally explosive, but a really natural pass rusher. I think he's one of the most natural pass rushers in this draft class. Uh, with his hand usage, he can bend the edge, he can close to the quarterback, plus the guy's plays with fanatical effort and determination. Yep. I mean, this guy is a high-energy, non-stop player. Um, I, I, he had, to me, he showed a lot of tools in his toolbox. I thought he was pretty refined using his hands, uh, which is pretty rare for a college pass rusher. This guy just strikes me as a guy who can rush the quarterback. You know, you look at him, and you need to watch a lot for this guy because you're not immediately going to look at him and go, wow, look at that movement. He's not that kind of guy, but the more you watch him, you see that he's got better movement than you initially thought, and I think he's just a natural pass rusher. Yeah, and the thing about the the tools in the toolbox, this is, I mean, he, I mean, Danny Shelton, Marcus Peters, Shaq Thompson, they all said at the Combine that Kikaha sort of keeps everyone straight. He's the, the emotional leader. He's the guy, you know, first in, last out. Well, this guy plays that way. I mean, he plays... With, I mean, he, he, he looks like a fanatic in a good way. I mean, yeah. this guy plays with tremendous effort. So you get those attributes. Well, I think he's going to go maybe mid to late second. And I think, you know, depending on the scheme and depending if he can stay healthy. Um, and, again, these, these injuries were, you know, three years ago. He's had two very productive years. I think somebody could get a steal here. I don't know about, you know, ceiling, high, low, blah, blah, blah. But 
I know he knows how to do what he's going to be directed to do. That's the way I feel about him. I mean, I think he's a pass rusher. He's good at it, and I think he'll do that in the NFL. Uh, Lorenzo Malden from Louisville. I'll just throw a few of my scouting notes in here. Nice speed-strength combination and the right size for the position, 6'4", 243. Generally comes off the snap very quickly. Can provide disruption and run support with his hand up and hand down from either side and can line up at Sam linebacker as well as end or rush linebacker. Roots through blocks and trash at the line of scrimmage in run plays with technique. Downside gets washed out by blockers uh, when reacting to the run. Most obvious issue, and it shows up a lot, plays too high. Uh, persistent at times after first blocks, but you'd like to see an effort more to the ball carrier. Um, and this, I mean, <coughs> we talk about players who look stiff, who don't get low and sort of bend the edge, and I think he's one of those guys. I couldn't agree more. I, I struggled with him a little bit because I thought he was really stiff. Um, I think he plays hard, you know, but I, he just, I had a hard time transitioning him as, as an NFL pass rusher. I mean, I don't know, you know, I, I, he's a physical kid. I think, like I said, he's, he's played with some power, but I don't know. To me, he's, he's not a 3-4 outside linebacker, in my opinion. I think he's a 4-3 Sam. And I think it may be the only position in which he has starter potential because I, I struggled with his limitations. Um, I don't think he can really play in coverage. I don't think he has great athleticism. Um, I thought that he's kind of a stiff and rigid athlete that is not really going to, you know, I didn't see him as a plus athlete by NFL standards. Yeah. Uh, Jordan Hicks from Texas, 6'1", 236, uh, projects as an outside linebacker, I guess, but missed 19 games due to injury. I'm not, <coughs> excuse me, I'm not quite sure where you line him up at the NFL level. Well, I think he's a stack backer, you know, in a 3-4 or a 4-3. Um, I liked him as a player. I thought he was one of those steady players. Uh you know, I thought that he showed the traits of a complete linebacker. Not special, not dynamic, you know, turned to move like Shaq Thompson, but I thought he was very good playing downhill run game, and I thought he was really good in pass coverage. I thought that was a strength of his game. Really good feel for his own coverage concepts, really good at rallying up to plays in front of him, uh, and then making tackles. Uh, I think he's just a guy that has solid starting NFL linebacker traits. So would you say, I mean, is he kind of a dual-level guy where you can pass rush on occasion and then move to the second, like a linebacker depth? Yeah, he's not a pass rusher to me. Now, I'm not saying that you could never blitz him, but he's not a pass rusher. He's Now, here's a perfect example. I don't think he's quite the same level of mover. He's more Chad Greenway to me. and He's not that level of athlete, but that's the way he'll have to be used in the NFL. Okay, so we got the comparison right. We just put it on the wrong guy, apparently. <laughs> well, no, no, it doesn't make me right and you wrong. I'm just giving you my opinion. I know. Um, which other outside linebackers have you seen that impressed you in an overtly positive or negative sense, Mr. Cosell? Uh I like Quan Alexander from LSU. Mm-hmm. I think, uh, so we're just talking outside guys now, not the inside guys? Yeah, we're going to move to inside after this. Okay. I like Quan Alexander. I thought that, uh, uh, you know, again, people will be worried about his weight. He's not a big guy. He's, he's 
got some quick twitch to him. He's got some explosiveness to him. Six he one, plays, six one, two twenty seven. By the way. Yeah, he plays physically. He's willing to take on blocks and extend. He knew how to extend his arm with the leverage. I saw him jar offensive linemen, and and that's why it's so important to watch the tape because I think for people who don't study it closely, they'll see Alexander at six one two twenty seven and automatically conclude that oh, you know, he, he's he's not he's not a physical guy. Well, he is a physical guy. Now that doesn't mean he's going to uh, you know move Mike Iapati, but I mean he's a physical player. He plays the game physically and I thought there was an explosiveness to his movement both with his hands and his feet he was used as a blitzer he showed a multiple skill set um in an ideal world, you know, another guy that's a 4-3 will, I think he fits that profile of a 4-3 will perfectly for, let's say, a Lovey Smith or a Rod Mar- Marinelli defense. Yeah, I could see that. I could definitely see that. Uh, anyone else on the outside? Uh, well, I'm trying to go through my list here as we, uh, as we move along. Uh, outside backers, who do I like? Um... You know, there were parts of Rameek Wilson's game that I liked. I think he's got a chance to be an NFL starter at some point down the road. Kid from Georgia? Um, what's that? The kid from Georgia? The kid from Georgia, Rameek Wilson, yeah. I mean, you know, again, he's one of those guys, as you start getting down the list, I think you get to guys that have more, you know, some cons as opposed to more pros, but I think that he's got a chance. And the kid, here's, and then we'll move on just because we could do this forever because yeah. I've seen so many guys, a linebacker. A guy who truly fascinates me as a projection down the road is Tony Washington from Oregon. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you got a chance to see him. No. This kid. Uh, another guy that's body beautiful, six three, two fifty. He was used in a variety of ways in Oregon's off, uh, defense. Um, this guy is is really an athletic kid. He's a little straight line. Uh, you know, you wouldn't say he's got you know great lateral explosion, uh, and he's a little limited as a pass rusher at this point. You saw some speed to power, but he's just a really athletic kid who may take some time. But you know he's six three two fifty, and he's athletic. Did you see Zach Vigil at all from Utah State? I did not. Well, this, this is my project. Guy plays like his ass is on fire. Um, Utah State obviously brought Bobby Wagner to the NFL a few years back. 156 tackles, nine sacks, one interception last year, four passes defensed. Was not invited to the combine. I do not know why. Uh, I think in, in a 4-3 Sam roll, 6-2-232, I think somebody's going to get a major steal there. So, Zach Vigil, you have been named, and you're on my list. And I, I think oh, okay. be, Maybe I'll take a peek at him. <laughs> he's worth watching. I think he could be a, a legit. I think in timing. I mean, he's going to be a rotational special teams guy at first, but I think it, once he kind of puts everything together, he could be a start. He needs some more functional strength, but he could be a starting. I think he could be a starting Sam in the NFL in a four three. So there. All right. Uh, moving to inside linebacker, and uh, some people have Eric Kendricks from UCLA. I like Bernard Rick McKinney from Mississippi State a little bit better. Um, big guy, 6'4", 246, had a 1.63 10-yard split at the Combine, and he reminds me a little of K.J. Wright. I think you could have him inside, outside. Um, he has some pass rush, really good downhill player. What did you think of him? Uh, 
not as much as you did, but that's okay. okay. I don't think he's anywhere near as athletic as KJ Wright. I think he's a box linebacker. Um, I think he best profiles as a 3-4 Mike. He could probably be a 4-3 Mike, but I think he profiles better as a 3-4 Mike. I think he's a, he's a little tight. He's not. There's no real twitch to him. I think he's he's... He wasn't the thumper I expected. You know, I kept hearing that he was a big-time thumper. I didn't see that in the games I watched, and I watched quite a few. Um, he's got great size. Uh, you know, I'd say he's a good athlete. He's got some straight-line speed, but he's by no means the Luke Keekly type of athlete. Um, so I think that he's, you know, I guess I would say there were some similarities, but I don't think he's quite as strong an overall prospect as Dante Hightower. Okay. But uh, I think he's going to need a learning curve to get acclimated to the speed of the NFL because I think he plays at a slow tempo. Yeah. Uh, well, <clears throat> I think, I mean, one of the notes I made was that he's just a raw player. He doesn't always take the correct angles. I don't know if these things are, you know, coachable and teachable at the NFL level. You don't know if you've got a project or you've got the next Aaron Curry on your hands. You just don't know. But, I, you know, if he fixes those things... I think he's a dynamic inside guy for the most part, possible outside in certain packages. I just, I like this tape a lot. All right, then. Uh, Eric Kendricks from UCLA. Um, and how much, I mean, we talk about size of linebackers, six foot, 232, 31 inch arms. I mean, are these kind of the dimensions for linebackers, or is the height maybe an issue with Kendricks? What did you think of him? Um, that's a great question. Um, look, he's a run and chase linebacker. He's similar to the guys we, we, we talked about prior to this. He's, he's not a true inside linebacker the way McKinney is, or Stephon Anthony, or I guess Denzel Perriman. Um, he's. I think he's a 4-3 will. I mean, you know who he reminded me of? Sean Spence when he came out of Miami in 2012. Okay. Third-round pick, 86th player chosen, you know, and Spence has had injuries, but he played some this year for Pittsburgh. Good athlete, quick, fast, um, has to flow, you know, fast flow kind of player. Um, that's what Kendricks is to me. You know, he's he's a smaller you see I don't think and, and I'm, I may be in the minority on this I don't think he's as good a prospect as Quan Alexander now I don't know where he's going to get drafted and that doesn't necessarily mean a whole lot but I don't think he's as good a prospect as Quan Alexander yeah uh, Denzel Perryman from Miami here's what I wrote about him he looks like an inside linebacker out of central casting for about from about 10-15 years ago when it wasn't as necessary for inside linebackers to be flexible in space uh, not to say he isn't a fluid athlete at times, but he's 5'11", 236, plays more like the middle linebackers of the recent past who are more often tasked to stay in their lanes and whack people around. Strong player with closing speed, but it's going to be a matter of fit for him. Yeah, uh, again, it's always helpful with NFL comparisons. I kind of saw him as like a Stephen Tullick to Quell Jackson type. Very good stacked box players who developed over time into better coverage players. Okay. I think right now he's he's you know he's, he's a base defense player. He's not going to be on the field in, in nickel or in dime. He's not that kind of player. Can that develop? Maybe. Maybe. Tullick certainly became that guy. Um, you know, I think that he's he's got some natural. See, I thought he was more powerful than McKinney. I thought I he agree. played the game with more power and pop than McKinney did. I agree with that. And, and when he saw it and turned it loose, I thought he had really good reaction, quickness, and short area burst. He was a trigger player. You know, he triggered. Um, and I thought that 
Ultimately, he's an aggressive, attacking, stacked box linebacker who's really good at the point of attack in the run game, and he's a guy that brings physicality (laughs) to your defense. Uh, Paul Dawson from TCU, and a lot of people probably didn't know too much about Paul Dawson until he ran a four nine three forty at the combine, and everyone flipped out. And it's um, irrelevant. It's completely because he looks a lot faster than that. A uh, few of my notes here. Much quicker on the field than his combine time would indicate. Fits the modern profile of the lighter, faster linebacker who can still close quickly to the running back and make consistent tackles. Tracks the ball adeptly from sideline to sideline and has lateral speed to converge on receivers. Doesn't have pure power to beat blocks, but has learned to move around and through trash with time, speed, and gap awareness. Time, speed, and gap awareness are the two things I notice most with Dawson. And he's a more evolved player to me than just a fast guy who runs around. He gets it. I couldn't agree more. I think that uh, me, you saw player recognition. You saw the ability to trigger instantly. You saw downhill explosion. I think those things are as good as any linebacker in this draft class. Um, I think he's a stacked linebacker based on his skill set and attributes. I mean, to me, he's a more athletic and twitchier mover than either Stephone Anthony or McKinney. And uh, uh, he played the game fast. the 40 times irrelevant to me because this kid triggered. He triggered quickly, and he had a downhill mentality. He made a ton of plays attacking downhill and shooting gaps. Yep. Uh, a few more notes. Good blitz player as long as he finds the gaps. Again, relies predominantly on speed. Fundamentally sound rap tackler. Excels in nickel-based situations where he can ex- employ his specific skill set, which, again, mirrors the way the NFL is going. Um, to me, I mean, I think... I wouldn't make the maybe the DeAndre Levy type thing where he's going to blitz. He's going to do run fits with bigger guys in front of him. He's going to have some screen responsibilities. He's going to run into curl flat once in a while. Um, I think if you're a heavy, heavy nickel team, you want this guy. Yeah, the thing that I thought he did really well, too, which is taught, by the way, and is he made it very difficult for O-linemen to block him off double teams because as soon as he saw the double team, he shot forward, and he forced the, the, uh, the O-lineman, who was his responsibility, to come off the D-line block, which helps your defense tremendously. He was an aggressive player who, who had a downhill mentality. I liked Austin a lot. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned Anthony from Clemson. What were your thoughts about him? Liked him. Uh, I mean, I liked him um, uh, more than I liked uh, McKinney. Um, I, he was a really good blitzer. He was used that way an awful lot. Uh, another guy that played downhill. Um, you know, you, you could argue that he's similar to McKinney, but I think he's just better as an NFL projection. He's a quicker, twitchier athlete than than uh, than McKinney is. Well, I, I think ultimately they're used in similar ways, but you can do more with Anthony. I think he's a better hitter. That was one of the things I noticed right away is he, you know, it, he, he raps well, but he, he will create negative plays through his physical style. And I think there's a guy that can be a three-down linebacker. Yeah, I would agree. He was a really good blitzer. And he was used that way. Yep. Uh, other inside linebackers, Mr. Cosell, who caught your attention? Inside backers? Yeah. Uh, let's see. You're talking about sort of the big, you know, I mean, I guess you have Taiwan Jones from Michigan State who would fit into that category. Yeah, he's an, he was an interesting guy to me. What did you think of him? 
uh, I guess he was somewhat reminiscent to me of someone like Brandon Spikes, mm -hmm. you know, who uh, is, you know, he, he's more of an inside player. The problem I had with him is I thought, and again, now you get into coaching, I thought that he was very susceptible and overreactive to backfield action. I don't think he recognized plays very very quickly. And, uh, you know, for guys like that who are a little stiff and not really fluid change of direction guys, uh, that, that becomes a problem. So, again, that comes down to coaching now. We'll see. But, but he certainly fits that kind of player. I mean, he's a, he's a two-down box, you know, stacked box player. That, that's what Tyron Jones is. I would agree with that. Uh, who else is a box player? You know, there's a really intriguing player to me. I think that you have to figure out what his position is because he played so many in college. But I don't know. Did you get to see Jake Ryan from Michigan? A little bit. He's he's a fascinating player because sometimes you watch him and you really like him. Other times you watch him and and you don't like him. But he's played so many positions that. Yeah, I think he was a little slow to recognize. I think he got Velcroed a little too often in the run game. But the more I watched him, the more there were some things about him I liked, and I, you know, I, I it made me wonder: Will he become a better player once he settles into one position? You know, he's got a great playing personality. He competes. He's got some skills. I mean, he's got some straight line speed. Um, he's. He's interesting to me. You know, he's not a top 50 pick or anything like that. But I, I think he's the kind of kid that if you draft later, down the road, he could end up being a starting linebacker. 6'2", 240. Is he big enough to be like a buck linebacker in a 3-4? Oh, that's a great question. Um, you know... He played outside until his senior year at Michigan, where he became kind of their middle linebacker. Mm -hmm. So he's, you know, you have to decide, and I'm not sure myself, you know, exactly where to play him. Is he a Sam in a 4-3? Um, I'm not sure yet, but I just think he's one of those guys that is an interesting prospect. The reason I'm saying that is I would I would rather have him as an inside guy with more bodies around him and put him in more of a defined space than okay you go out to the sideline because I don't know if he's that guy. I don't I don't think he's that. I don't think he's that. Um, you know, in some ways he and, and he's not going to be drafted this high, and, and maybe history suggests this guy shouldn't have been drafted that high either. But in some ways he has some attributes like an AJ Hawk in terms of straight line speed, but not real, uh, you know, not great hips, a little tightness, not great change of direction. I mean, Hawk was drafted in the top five or six because he was six three, two forty seven, and ran fast in a straight line. Uh, you know, and, and it turned down his NFL career while he's and he's had a hey, you could argue he's had a terrific NFL career playing as long as he has, but he certainly wasn't the the game changing impact linebacker that you expect when you draft a guy fifth or sixth. Yeah, well, his problem was he wasn't drafted in the late second round where he should have been. <laughs> that's yeah, that's easy to say now, but I mean, I think at the time, I'm not saying everybody saw him that way because I don't want to say that, but I think um, uh, clearly most people saw him as a first round pick, but. He was very straight lineish. I mean, Jake Ryan has a little bit of that in him. Yeah. Interesting stuff. Well, uh, Greg, next week we will finish off the series of draft podcasts with uh, a, this is going to be a big show. 
cornerbacks and safeties, and uh, there's a lot to talk about then. Thank you, as always, for your great information, and we'll talk to you next week. Thank you, Mr. Farrar. Always a pleasure to be with you.